Hello and welcome to Holy Days. I'm Pastor Sean here with Apostle Freddie. Uh, glad to have you join us today for our teaching uh, as we do a look through the book of Leviticus starting ch in chapter 9. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Pastor Sean, what do we have today? Well, we've got the uh, Parsha on Shemini and it means the 8th. The 8th. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we're in the ninth chapter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so... It means the eighth, and it refers to the eighth day uh, when Aaron and his sons inducted in, as priests into the sanctuary. Okay. And, you know, seven days of world history is the way I look at it. So 7,000 years. We went over that in an earlier partial. Okay. Yes. And, and the eighth day is called uh, Elom Haba, which means the world to come. Hmm. So in... When we come into that part of the particular part of the age. So the levels of holiness obtainable by man will be at its peak during the seventh day. And the reason why I say that because we'll be the millennial kingdom. Okay. And we're in that time with Christ and he's training everyone to be priests as they're meant to be. And then finally the father comes down, New Jerusalem, white throne judgment, all of that gets settled. And the father is among us at that point. And at that point, it's stepping into eternity. So he's training us for service for eternity. You know, and it's interesting. We read this, but we just, we don't comprehend or catch all of this. So this is why these teachings are good. Uh, it informs us. Uh, and everything God has showed us the end from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And once again, we can see the layout and know what is to to, uh, to become and what is to happen because God wants us to know. He doesn't want us to fret over the unknown, but he wants us to have insight and know. So I really appreciate that because that's, that's just interesting how that comes out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's... Uh... When Yeshua, who will lead us for a thousand years, uh, he will anoint the cloth uh, and us as priests. Mm -hmm. So you know how Moses did that in the last partial. Right. He's anointing the, the feet, the hands, the head, yeah. and things like that nature. But you got to imagine how indescribable that moment will be when Jesus anoints each of us for our priesthood. So we've got to, what we have to do for him. For eternity. I mean, that's a moment when finally you've learned everything that he can teach you for that service, yeah. for that service, uh, and you understand what all these things mean now. So you, we're talking about all the sacrifices, what are these for, all the hidden things that we've never discovered. Suddenly, we're at that, at the stepping into the eighth day, we're getting blessed for... Uh, and anointed for becoming priests of God. Mm -hmm. And what will that moment be like? That's an eighth day moment. Okay. So we don't often talk about these things as Christians. Mm -hmm. So we cover, we cover everything that's going to happen now. And then we step into a thousand year reign. And, and nobody ever goes beyond that. And I understand why. Because it's kind of a touchy subject. But all these things are found throughout Leviticus, Ezekiel. And uh, some of it's in Isaiah. Covering things on the eighth day. So I like to, this is the partial to go there. It's All the right. eighth one. So. Well, let's, let's just find out what, where we're going. <laughs> so circumcision is the sign of the covenant was done on the eighth day. Right. The covenant of fulfillment is, a, is an 8,000 year prophecy. So 
The ceremony of consecration concluded on the eighth day with the bringing of the sin offering. A burnt offering, a peace offering, and a grain offering placed on the brazen altar, on the bronze altar. So, uh, for the new covenant believer, the one sacrifice of Christ represented the offerings, consecration for the believer forever. So, that's the way you got to look at all of these things and everything we've discussed, what they are, what they're for, and all of that. Yeshua died on that cross to cover those things. It doesn't mean we're exempt from making things right, but at the same time, we're forgiven, we're purified. He is the ultimate sacrifice, and all of these things pointed to Him in all of these parshas that we've learned. Mm-hmm. So, um, Professor Chuck Knoll says the scripture's this way, and I kind of liked it, so I. I copied it now. But uh, Hebrews 10.10, 10, uh, verse 14, 19, and 22, mixing them together, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, for by one offering he has protected forever those who are being sanctified. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiness, holiest by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So, I thought that was an interesting way to tie those scriptures together. Uh, in the last parashah, we talked about Yetzer Ha-Ra and evil inclinations of the heart. Uh, we got the heart sprinkled, the body's washed with pure water, uh, Yetzer Ha-Tov, becoming good inclination. So, just throwing that out there. <laughs> now, the sin offering was for uh, sacrifice a young calf, chatat, burnt offering ram was used without blemish, in which was uh, the words ola, peace offering, a bullock, and a ram, uh, shalamim, sorry, meal and grain offering, minkah, uh, mingled with oil, and for today, God will appear to you. So that's the part of the scriptures we're heading right into. Uh, chapter 9, 23-24, the fire of God fell and consumed the sacrifices, indication of God's approval. The presence of God was seen by all, and Aaron blesses the people. Amen. So we're stepping right into that moment. Uh, fire fell from heaven for Gideon in Judges six twenty one. 21. Uh, Menorah and his wife, Judges thirteen nineteen 19-23. Uh, uh, David dedicating the threshing floor, First Chronicles twenty one twenty six. Now the threshing floor was right there where they believed that the temple ended up being on on the mountain. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, but Solomon dedicated the temple, Second Chronicles uh, seven one. Elijah on Mount Carmel with the four hundred fifty prophets of Baal, First yeah, Kings eighteen nineteen and verse thirty eight, all foreshadowing the day of Pentecost. Yeah. The which, fire is, falling. which is our next uh, uh, festival feast day that we'll, we'll be celebrating mm-hmm. later on. Because we just finished Passover, mm-hmm. and we know that uh, 50 days means Pentecost, which is uh, the feast of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes. <laughs> we're uh, exciting times. And uh, especially, you know, we just read there about the Christ being the ultimate sacrifice, which we just witnessed. Uh, or experience uh, once again as uh, re, uh, we just went through 
Resurrection, Resurrection Sunday, and mm-hmm. so it's a, it's exciting times uh, to just refresh and to follow along with what is being taught there. So. Amen. Um, speaking of Pentecost, uh, the Hebrew word is Shavuot. I'm going to get people used to that. Shavuot. Okay, I'll, I'll practice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's Feast of Weeks. He nailed that perfectly, and uh, it'll be interesting because I would like to do uh, a side video on that. So okay. when we get to that, we'll do a side video just on Shavuot, and we'll cover some of what all these things meant from the Old Testament perspective into the New. So mm-hmm. should be interesting. All for, yeah, uh, all foreshadowing the day of Pentecost, in the upper room they made themselves ready through prayer and fasting, living sacrifices consecrated to God's will, consuming fire of the Holy Spirit fell upon them, receiving the promise and equipping them to serve the Brit Hadoshah Kohen. New Covenant Priests. New Covenant Priests. You know, and the scripture talks about we are a royal priesthood, mm-hmm. a holy nation. And all through scriptures, one of the things that God is, is, even from birth as we grow through life, he wants to bring us into that royal priesthood that, as you were talking about, as we go into the eighth day or mm-hmm. that time of uh, the millennium reign we will be so uh but god's plan and purpose is for us to be priest here mm-hmm. on the earth amen amen it, it is and it's uh that's that's one of the reasons why we cover these things mm-hmm. is because if we don't talk about it now you're gonna have to learn it then anyway yeah. so <laughs> why should you learn leviticus why do i have to know these things well you're gonna have to know it anyway yeah so get a head start on it <laughs> so a little bit helps mm-hmm But uh, back to the priest with Moses, the people began to shout when they saw the sacrifices consumed. The Talmud says that the fire consumed majestically like a lion. So it appeared to be as solid, not like a gas flame. Uh, It burned even the wet wood. It caused no smoke. Yeah. So it's just an interesting uh, way they, they brought that out. But the particular way the line and being solid only happened in three other occasions. The birth of Solomon, uh, Samson, I'm sorry, the birth of Samson, uh, Solomon's dedication to the temple, and Elijah with the prophets of Baal. Hmm. That's the only three times that's ever happened. Uh, well, four, four total. So okay. that's it. Uh, chapter 10, verses 1 through 7, Aaron's sons, uh, Nadab, Abihu, used strange fire to light the censers. KJV uh, says uh, strange. Yeah, and mm-hmm. explain it or a little bit about that. We're, uh, we're going to go into it. Okay. <laughs> New King James called it profane. NIV yeah. calls it unauthorized to describe their offering. Yeah, I seen that profane. I thought they mispronounced it. it was within propane or something. <laughs> but uh, I'm always, you know, what is it exactly talking about? But you're, you say you're going to get there. I don't want to trip you up and jump you into something. We're going to get there. Uh, attempting to approach God in one's own strength and way is not the way God ordained. So it's, everything's very specific because everything was a representation of something mm-hmm. to come. That's everything in the temple was. Incense represents prayer and worship. Uh, this representing what was to come, the Holy Spirit infused worship of the indwelling believer. Mm-hmm. The believer. You know, the Holy Spirit filled believer worshiping the Spirit and truth. Incense. All of this was very specific. It was to be holy. It was to be respected. 
all of that. So, you know, Acts 2 event and all of that, this is representation of that and the incense. So this was very sacred. Uh, they offered it in another way, or one way of looking at it in another spirit than that of the truth. So stick with me here. True prayer and worship is by the spirit of truth. Uh, attempting any other way is false worship. So for God to accept their offering would equate to him accepting the prayer of the unrighteous. Wow. Proverbs speaks of this. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. 15.8. God required the fire to come from the bronze altar. So the fire they used to light the incense would have come from the burnt offering where the fire fell moments ago. So they, they, the same fire that approved the sacrifice was the same fire that consumed them when they attempted to use it wow. the wrong way. It brought judgment. Mm -hmm. So it consumed those sacrifices. They didn't get, take it from where they were supposed to. They took it from where, the hey, it's already here. We might as well take it. Mm -hmm. And that's not what it was meant for. So number one, they approached the inner sanctum in their own way at the wrong time. And number two, they offered a sacrifice that had not been commanded to offer. Three, the strange fire they brought, not as commanded. Four, not taking counsel from one another uh, about the censors. So implying, it implies that they didn't. Mm -hmm. And they were always supposed to take counsel before they moved those. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen here. So, so by taking the fire... That's what calls it a strange fire or a profane fire mm -hmm. because it wasn't from where it's supposed to come from. Mm -hmm. They took it from, uh, they had this manifestation of God there. Mm -hmm. They consumed those sacrifices. This was a special moment, but they took that sacred moment, that fire, and they brought it to light that stuff. Then they weren't supposed to do that. That's not where it was supposed to come from. Mm -hmm. They were, had specific instructions. So they brought strange fire into that moment. Okay. Reverence, respect, and awe are required when drawing close to God. Not a quick and easy path, but a proper path of righteousness. So you got to look at it. It was easier to do it this way, Yeah. but it cost them their life. And it, things in life, you know, we can't always do what's the easiest. Mm -hmm. We have to do what's right and righteous, and that's in, in daily decisions, daily living. Uh, living the Christian life. Uh, you know, I love serving the Lord. I love uh, uh, living a Christian life. But sometimes it's difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we run into challenges. And most of those challenges are personal decisions, the easiest way. I'm mm -hmm. going to take the shortcut. Uh, but there's no shortcut. And uh, we have to do things God's way. And God was adamant even in the Old Testament with the priest. Yep. So. He sure was, and it's, uh, it's, it's displayed. Oh, yeah. Very well. <laughs> Moses says to Aaron, It is uh, as Yahweh has said, By those that come near me, I will be treated as holy. And before all the people, I will be honored. So Aaron kept silent. Mm. He had just watched his sons die, but he had to remain silent. He knew better than to speak up. Aaron's sons would not be able to grieve as the rest of Israel could for them. So he had two more sons, 
and they could not grieve because you know everybody likes to tear their clothes and do all this stuff. They're in priest uniforms, right? So they could not rend their priestly garments. They had to stay at their post because of the anointing oil was upon them. There will be those who are unrepentant that will be consumed by fire. Mm. So, wow. The scripture immediately goes into Leviticus 10, uh, 8 through 11. Aaron and his sons, uh, God demands them that they are not permitted to drink wine or strong drink when they go into the tabernacle. Well, and we can see in 1 Timothy chapter 3, it says the title there is the uh, the conduct or behavior of overseers. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a whole list of things in there in those uh, couple of verses right there. And so uh, God is the same in here as he is over in the New Testament we see in First Timothy. Uh, if we want to be a priest to God, mm-hmm. if we want to be even servants to God, as a, and the scripture says as an overseer or a bishop, I think it listed there, mm-hmm. uh, same thing as a pastor or a teacher, we should live a certain lifestyle. <clears throat> we should have certain things, you know, that we do. One of the things I've taught, um, you know, most time people look at Christians and they think, well, <clears throat> you don't, uh, you don't believe in this. There's a lot of don'ts. <laughs> what we say about, and uh, uh, even though <clears throat> now this is controversial to some people, I understand. I do not believe that taking a drink is a sin. Now, I do believe that it is a stumbling block for others. Mm-hmm. And those that are in leadership, uh, I think they should abstain from drinking uh, because it sets the wrong precedent. It is a stumbling to others. But God wants those that serve him to be wholly set apart. And and he even tells right here, Aaron is speaking, and this here's the conduct described for priest. Mm-hmm. And if we go to First uh, Timothy, qualifications of an overseer. Mm-hmm. And so, if anyone desires the position, and here it says of a bishop, uh, he desires a good thing. Anyone desires the position of a priest, a teacher. A pastor, uh, he desires a good thing, but you got to be set apart. You got to be different, and that's exactly what Aaron was saying. Uh, you're going to be set apart. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's uh, and you know, with the drinking and all that, it's uh, it's exactly like you say. You don't drink as a pastor, or preacher, or anything like that, because any anyone that sees you do that, say, well, that's okay for me. Mm-hmm. And it may very well not be. And on top of that, it's never supposed to be to the point of intoxication. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the scripture talks about they drank wine. Mm-hmm. And uh, even Peter says, these are not drunk, as you suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't against the drinking. It was against the drunkenness. Mm-hmm. And uh, But even a drink no. can seem by, <clears throat> maybe as a child, uh, I know... Uh, sometimes children see their parents take a, a first drink and oh, they just like, what's going on here? They, they've fallen into deep sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, when parishioners and your followers see you as a leader, well, he drinks, so it's okay for me. So that's 
that's kind of what I think uh, God is bringing across. That you're going to be set apart. You're going to be different. And you know, there's good habits and bad habits. Now, the question I always pose to people whenever they ask me this, and, you know, we live in a town where they sell a lot of alcohol. They do. Uh, but the question, this is what I ask them. I say, okay, so you drink a little bit every night when you have your dinner. Yes? Like, yes. Okay. Do you pray? Because that's that moment that you spend relaxing, mm. drawing close to something idolizing something. You can't wait to get to that. Mm. Something to think about there. Mm -hmm. Sin cannot atone for sin. God has a high standard and accountability for those in the ministry. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5.1, guard your steps when you go to the house of the Lord. Think of uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Oh, yeah. We don't like to go to that particular (laughs) passage. Uh, It gets too personal. (laughs) Uh, Aaron's uncle and his sons carry out the bodies of uh, Nadab and Abihu outside the camp, just as Ananias and Sapphira were carried out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. God doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Leviticus chapter 11, 1 through 47. That's the sections we'll be moving on to now. Uh, mm-hmm. The holy and the profane. So the word kosher or kashrut uh, means fit, proper, straight, or right. So this is where he's going over all these things. All things are either clean or unclean. So to be clean or unclean is uh, what we consume, idolize, desire, direction for our lives. So covering that, think about all the things that we desire, all the things that we want, all the things that this life offers that may not be of God. Mm. It's uh, either clean or unclean. You know, and this is big, another big controversial because here in Leviticus, it tells us uh, foods permitted and forbidden. Mm-hmm. And certain with hoofs and split hoofs and this and that and scales and non-scales. But then we go into uh, the New Testament and we're in the book of Acts chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it talks about Cornelius being a devout man. And Peter is on his roof fasting prior to his wife preparing the meal. He's hungry. And a sheet comes down, and it has all kinds of animals on it. Mm-hmm. And the Lord tells Peter, rise, kill, and eat. And Peter says, not so, Lord. I will not eat anything common or unclean. Mm-hmm. Well, he's coming all the way back to Leviticus here, mm-hmm. what is forbidden. But now in the New Testament, the Lord says, rise, kill, and eat. So we're doing a whole different transition from the Jewish people, from the holiest of holies, so to speak, uh, and now the gospel and the, the salvation is now is at the birthing to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And this is where Peter finds himself. And so uh, Peter reckons in himself that things are good. And so, therefore, there's still people today that uh, won't eat certain things. They won't eat fish, certain kind of fish, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially catfish. They, they say that's a, a scum fish. Or uh, 
there's other things that they won't eat, but the Lord says it's good. So let's just let's just meddle a little bit right okay. there. <laughs> so for me, uh, crab would be forbidden. Yes, I love crab cakes. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough one for me. Yeah. Uh, there's other things uh, that are like that. So uh, pig, anything that comes from a pig, uh, fishes without scales, mm. no. Nope. Yeah. Uh, Anything that crawls on the ground? Mm. Nope. Anything that's consuming something that's dead, like all the bugs and things? Nope. Mm. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of those things. Yeah. So it's uh, the way I will look at this passage, I'm going to go a little bit off topic here. We had, uh, for all these thousands of years, God was set apart the Jewish people mm-hmm. to spread his gospel message, to spread the word about him. And then you pick up in Malachi... We're all, they're doing all these forbidden things. So the priest, he's like, do you not know that I love you? And he's saying these things because they're, they're not honoring him. They're bringing blind, uh, imperfect sacrifices. So he says in, in Malachi, bring that to your governor and see how he feels about it. Why should I accept that? And their worship isn't as good. And he warns them and tells them, I'm going to send it and turn it over to the Gentiles. Hmm. And you can find that in Malachi. He warns them ahead of time of what he's going to do, and said, they will worship me. And he's like, they already honor me. And it's, it's got these passages in there that lead to that moment where God decides no longer I'm mm-hmm. going to tolerate that. So it's, uh, the honor is brought out when he went among the Gentiles and they worshiped God in that new way. In that new way is everything that they represented in the old mm-hmm. now becomes fulfilled in God's vision for the whole world. Yeah. So that's... That's what we're talking about. Right. And uh, so it's um, the new covenant. Mm-hmm. We're in a new covenant. You know, we talk a lot about the sin offerings, the grain offerings, diff- different offerings. Talk about sacrifices, but we know Jesus mm-hmm. became the ultimate sacrifice, so we don't do the sacrifice uh, again. I know there's a there's a trend, uh, and I heard about it uh, from a couple different people. Again, that it always happens at uh during this time of year but people start talking about the seder meal and we've Mm -hmm. mentioned the seder meal and uh there were uh i had an invitation to go to a uh a a group of people that were going to have a seder meal but they took a lamb and they even built an altar and they and their words was we're going to sacrifice a lamb well, we don't do sacrifice anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I personally didn't participate or didn't go, but, um, you know. There's two ways of looking at that. Okay. So I know this is controversial, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to bring this out. Uh, with the feasts, it is never appointed to the Jewish people. It's for everyone. It's appointed to everyone. Now, certain people weren't allowed to participate in certain parts, mm-hmm. but it was. it's always been, these are the Feast of the Lord forever. Mm. So it's never to certain people. Right. Well, we see that even in the book of Acts, when mm-hmm. in chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost happened, there, if you count up the tribes of people, there were 18 different uh, nationalities or groups of people there. I believe it's I believe it's eighteen, and uh, so they said, "Why? How can we? Since these are only Galileans, how can we all understand mm-hmm. in our own language?" 
So there was, they were, but the, the point is, they were all there for the feast. Mm -hmm. They were all there for the feast. Yes. And I know I'm pushing this, <laughs> but in the millennial kingdom, sacrifices will continue. He's got to teach us what they were all about. So there's, there's two sides to this, and I'm, I would say, as Christians, you, we don't have to do that. I will say that. But at the same time, uh, going as far as to forbid it, not necessarily. So there's, there's a nice little balance in there somewhere, and I would say just pray about it. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that uh, we don't have great instruction on. So, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to wait until all these sacrifices till the millennium then. I'm, I'm not going to participate in them or try to recreate them now. I wouldn't go as far as building an altar and doing it the way they were doing it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, participating in a Seder meal, sure. Yeah. Sure. You know. Right. I agree with that. So, um, A fruit from the beginning of the garden caused all mankind to fall into sin. One fruit. So... We are meant to be called out and different from the world. Uh, our God is either that of Yeshua or Mammon. So is it the worldly lust and the things of this world, or is it what God told us to do to be separate away from it? So even in the garden, we had to be separate from something. Mm. So it's important to remember. And it was food. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, Sean wants to point out my Apple phone, that it has a bite out of it because he's not an Apple personnel here but uh i wasn't gonna uh, say no <laughs> i know but it was it was there uh but we do know that these things do can lead us into a lot of uh, evilness mm -hmm. uh, so but uh, praise the lord but uh just a little fun with that i'm not picking on you and your apple products <laughs> oh you mean your apple products <laughs> i see what he did there so <laughs> Uh, what is the kadosh in our lives? So that's the, the separation, the holiness. That's the word for holiness. Uh, our bread, our meat, our drink, uh, much of the choices we make are either clean or unclean. Are we truly set apart from the ways of the world? Unclean, tome is the word, defiled, impure, polluted, ritually or religiously. And clean, ahor, pure, physically, ceremonially, morally, and ethically. That's what the words mean. In every aspect of our lives, people are watching us. Are we participating in idolatry and more immorality? If I can talk, rebellion, or uh, relational? Are we friends with sin or sinners? Um, we can eat whatever we want. Uh, Adam and Eve decided that they had that attitude that I can do whatever I want. That's what I'm getting at. Not so much I can eat whatever I want, but I can do whatever I want. The tree of life, the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil, one commandment, one mitzvot, don't eat of that tree. Yeah. Good knowledge of good and evil. I can do what I want. Mm -hmm. It's that attitude. Yeah. And uh, everything God uh, said was unclean is actually unhealthy for us, too, of all of those animals. Yeah. Now, I love crab cakes, but yeah. they're unhealthy for you. <laughs> they clean the bottom of the ocean. They're, they are not a healthy thing to eat. So everything on there is uh, actually not very good for you, but uh, I'm not saying you have to do that. <laughs> so not eating the blood is also part of this. They were commanded as priests not to eat the blood because the life is in the blood. Mm. Uh, shall we partake in paganism or in kadosh living, in holy living? So mm. 
Do we spend hours on end on being entertained? Do we talk about people every time they are not around? That's a good one. Do we sit around on social media and click like on everything? <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, people are doing things and, like, oh, well, that's like, oh, I like that. Oh, everybody's selling it. Everybody else clicked like on that, so I'll click like on it. Uh, I have a, a thing that I go over every time on social media before I ever click that button. And I don't do it very often. Not a huge fan of social media anyway. But when you click like on something, when I do, I look at it and I ask myself one question. Is this direction in their life God's will? Mm-hmm. Because if it's not, I'm not clicking like. Yeah. I will never do that. So it's, it's something as uh, leadership, as parents, as other, uh, anybody who's in any position like that, consider what you're doing in every aspect where you're doing it. So mm-hmm. every part of your life should be covered by Kadosh living, by holy living. Mm-hmm. So even when you're being entertained, even when you're just on Facebook or other things like that, ask yourself that question, is this God's will? Yeah. It's very important. Uh, Our nation pays more for entertainment than anything, which is a harbinger before coming to destruction. Mm. Rome did the same thing. Yeah, and we see that in many destructions. It was the pleasures. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, and, you know, normally if you take a survey of uh, absentee from uh, Sunday worship, uh, you will find there's more or larger percentage that miss the fellowship with one another and uh, Sunday worship it will be for pleasure more than sickness or uh, emergencies or something of that nature. Uh, but uh, our pleasure, each one of us, and we all have pleasures. We have in things we enjoy to do. You know, I tell people all the time, I enjoy golf. And they said, oh, so you must be a big golfer. Yeah, I played three times last year. <laughs> uh, how many times you played this? It's 2023. I haven't played yet. Uh, It's on my to-do list, uh, especially this week. We're all uh, getting warmer weather. But it is a pleasure. It's something I enjoy. But I I don't put it over the things of God. Amen. And uh, so uh, God wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to have good things. And, uh, and, you know, and I understand sometimes social media, things of that nature, uh, it can really lead us in a wrong path. Uh, and on the other hand, social media is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use it as church for those that are shut-ins, those that can't get to church. Uh, we use it, and it's an important tool. Uh, and it's, you know, it helps people. But on the other hand, it's abused. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have to go to church. I can just watch it on social media. And for that reasoning, I thought, well, I wish we wouldn't do it. But for other reasonings, we have to do it because mm-hmm. there are people uh, that need to hear the gospel that can't get out. It's just like this teaching today, uh, all of this teaching on the parashat, uh, you're not going to go to a church and listen to that talk Sunday after Sunday because, um, yeah. you know, you want something practical that will help you in a day-to-day life. Uh, what we're doing is practical to help us understand the future the, what God intended, and we're trying to uh, to bring the Old Testament and the reasoning of each into a New Testament living. 
and show you the comparison that that the book was not just thrown together that it wasn't thought out and planned it very god is very meticulous mm-hmm. in details and in a plan and so i i believe with the you know we're talking about the pair shots that we're doing is uh i sean i think you're doing a wonderful job well thank you uh <laughs> i think it's 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 enlightening, and it just it really makes helps me to even understand New Testaments, and it helps me understand why I should read the Old Testament, <laughs> even though sometimes now I personally uh, had preached probably more of the Old Testament than New Testament, but there's just parts of it that I just didn't draw so much, and so I want to thank you for helping me draw so much out of it. Absolutely, and thank you for joining me in all this and bringing out the New Testament examples of it. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's been great, and we're gonna, we still got a ways to go. Oh, we got a long <laughs> way to go, and um, you know, uh, and we do. You know, we were talking about uh, how cautious we are mm-hmm. to just like something on social media, but we ask you to look at our research, look at the, the study, and and do like this page and share it because uh, yes. it is it is information and we do ask for uh, your comments, feedback. Uh, uh, we will for, be the first to admit that uh, we're not uh, experts. Uh, we do, uh, we're learning as we go along also, but it's important that we just teach it. So uh, check us out and continue to support us and stuff of that nature. So are we, are we, have we finished up? We got another little part there. Is this going uh, we're, we're mostly finished. You know, it's just uh, one last question for everybody watching is, uh, are you the type that is uh, separate from the game of defilement or are you the type that rose up to play like the Israelites did in the Exodus section? Wow. So that's, uh, that was my last little line to throw yeah. out there. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a life where we have to decide, is it to serve God with all of our soul, mind, and strength and all of these things? But it, or, is it, uh, or is it a life to do what we want once we leave the church building? Yeah. Well, you know, I try to lead a, lead a life that's pleasing unto the Lord. And um, there, a lot of people look at things of church as uh, a do's and don'ts. And and sometimes you, you, you don't do this, you don't do that. Uh, but I have to say that serving the Lord, I've, I've lived a, a rich and filling life. And uh, I, I walk in the blessings of the Lord because he blesses those that truly seek after him. Amen. And so uh, we want to continue to walk in that life and to be holy as I am holy. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, we're seeing those things. And to be holy, we have to be set apart, certain things. Amen. And the last thing I want to touch on in closing is distractions. You know, distractions can happen, and it can be uh, an evil spirit or just just normal everyday life distractions. Sometimes you're being pulled away. So I do a slight word study, and then we'll close. All right. So distraction uh, in Hebrew, uh, the number one thing it means at the top of the list, mental turmoil. That's what a distraction is defined as in Hebrew. Wow. Uh, the second thing is an obs- obstacle to attention. In uh, Greek, it is uh, perispa, o, perispao. 
uh, and it means to draw around, to draw away, to distract, to be driven about mentally, to be distracted, to be overoccupied, too busy about a thing. So you got to think about the devil always trying to get your attention to drag you around from one area to the next to distract you as much as possible. So if you're if you're having that much distraction, if that's the cause of things keeping you from having a kadosh living, uh, what what's some of the things that someone can do if they know it's it's reached a point where they know they're being tormented by distraction? Well. If you know that it is these things, uh, then you need to seek help within prayer and counseling. Uh, you know, there's there's times that the, what is the root of it? What is the stronghold? Uh, what uh, what's happened in your life? What have you opened the door to? Uh, early this morning, I had our men's group, and we were talking about. Uh, things in our house that we don't even know that's there, that we picked up. Uh, there's, there's a lot of items that, and I could uh, name, and a lot of Christians would be offended at those because, well, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But there are things. Um, and, you know, one, one of the, the things that we were talking about was the dream catchers, uh, the artifacts from the Native American Indian. And they're beautiful. They're beautiful, and uh, you perhaps have one that doesn't have a meaning to you or whatever. But this one individual that was sharing this morning that uh, their daughter put one up in the bedroom and instantly started having all kinds of distractions, turmoil, uh, anxieties, and things. And once they removed that, then everything went to normal, back at peace. So uh, there's things that we need to find out what's in our house, uh, things that maybe our children and different ones have brought in or could be a gift. Uh, uh, and what is that gift? So um, first of all, you need to pray about things, ask God to show you, seek you. If there's anything in your household that needs to be removed, uh, and there again, I'm, I'm not telling you what item needs to be removed, but I believe the Lord will show you mm -hmm. in things that you need to rid your house of. Uh, it could be at times, you know, well, that was my grandma's or my great grandma's and it passed down. Well, what else is being passed down along with that? Mm -hmm. And so uh, prayer, uh, asking God to remove things out of your life, uh, <clears throat> relationships. People, uh, not everybody has the the same mindset or interest in the Lord as you do, mm -hmm. and uh, you can be influenced by the wrong people. Uh, so uh, sometimes you, you, we've got to have spiritual counseling, wisdom. Uh, there is a thing that we call that a lot of people don't know much about it, uh, or most of a lot of the church world is deliverance. And uh, we teach deliverance of uh, demonic spirits, deliverance of strongholds in a person's life. Uh, it is not a, it's not an exorcism or you know of that nature, but uh, it can be very intense. But uh, we've helped uh, and set a lot of people free from spirits of anger, spirits of rage, uh, uh, other addictions, sexual. Uh, 
addictions of things just by taking them through deliverance of prayer and praying for it. And, you know, I've been through deliverance myself, uh, just um, uh, just different things, and you find out, just you know, something attached to you. Uh, you can't get over something of, such as uh, unforgiveness or or a brood of bitterness come up on somebody. Uh, taking people through, I've had uh, some great friends, people that I've led to the Lord. They they come up and they said, "I've got one problem. I like to lie, uh, and you got to be careful." And I had I had an individual tell me one time. He said, "You got to be careful because uh, I, I get carried up and I start lying." And I said, "Well, we can take care of that." And we did. We we sat and we prayed with him. And we went through that and come to find out it was taken that he never felt good enough uh, around other people. And so he began to exaggerate and begin to make up things. And, and it just that spirit attached itself to him. Good person. Uh, had a great heart. Uh, I can call up on him today. Instantly he's there to help, to give, whatever. And uh, he doesn't lie anymore. Uh, but we took him through that deliverance. So, Sean, I think one of the things is, and uh, a lot of churches don't teach on this either, uh, that we can go through the have a spirit of deliverance. And so, Amen. You know, he just described uh, kadosh living and brotherly love because brotherly love is that part of deliverance and praying for one another and getting to the root causes of these things. Yes. So uh, it also says uh, confess... Just, one another yeah that's also uh, in there and it's uh finding those things in your life like one of the things that uh, i like to do every once in a while especially after i've had a long time where it's like why ain't i getting anywhere <laughs> is to get separate with god and say okay what is it that you want me to do or what thought is exalting itself against your word or your will hmm. pleasure <laughs> and when i get quiet you know, I start to understand these things because you get that still small voice that's of God a, speaking to you. It's exactly, you know, a lot of times it's learning to hear that still small voice. Mm -hmm. And we have to be quiet. We have to set aside and we have to take time out. That set aside living. Mm -hmm. Because if you're willing to be separated for a while and get that set aside time alone with God mm -hmm. and dedicate that to Him, it's amazing, you know, He'll bring it out this isn't right or that's not right or you need to do this differently this here be separate from this and you know it's the instruction mm -hmm. that comes mm -hmm. sometimes people can't do that on their own mm -hmm. and when they can't do that on their own deliverance by deliverance all means. and and help from brotherly love mm -hmm. so if uh, you're going through a stroke you need someone to pray with you someone to talk about reach out to pastor sean myself apostle freddie uh you can through our web page, uh, MarchtownCuttingEdge.com. Uh, they can go there and get a list of all the links to anything for Holy Days. Or uh, you can contact, I'll put it on the uh, video at the end. You'll have all of our contact, how to email us and get a hold of us. So be sure to do that. We'll be happy to pray with you, and we'd love to hear from you. God bless, and have a great week.